Welcome to the Revolutionary Insights Podcast number 16. Uh, today's uh, podcast is going to be titled, Am I My Brother's Keeper? We're going to have, a, I think, a little bit of fun today as we talk about some of these, some of these especially the subtleties. So we're going to first talk about how subtle Satan is as a deceiver. And then we're going to talk about how subtle the leaders of the Democrat Party and the media are at deceiving, uh, deceiving people, deceiving Americans. How the uh, COVID-19, the deceptions that have come along with COVID-19 and really kind of why we have those deceptions. And then finally, I'm going to answer the question, am I my brother's keeper? So, uh, don't forget to visit my website, revolutionaryinsights.com. You can see a list of other podcasts. You can see the, uh, the, the books that are available there, especially my book, uh, Where's the Party? There's uh, a reference to the book. I'll be referencing it today in this, uh, this podcast, but I think it could be, a, uh, could be very helpful to see. When I say you know, how that the uh, Democrat Party is being deceptive, and I've kind of put in the same vein as the way Satan is deceptive, there's a reason why. And if you're not sure where the Democrat Party stands when it comes to political issues and, and God, the Ten Commandments, for example, my book will explain it all. And so you'll notice that the, uh, the Democrat Party uh, is officially opposed to all ten of the commandments uh, that are contained in the Bible, and if you're uh, if you're a Christian, that should greatly co- greatly concern you. If you're not a Christian, you're somebody that uh, understands the value of the Judeo-Christian ethic. That should concern you, and if you can care less about that, then I can understand maybe why you fight uh, fight God so much. So um, again, am I my brother's keeper? I want to first thing talk about talk about how again how subtle Satan is as deceiver. So to do that, we're going to go through some Bible verses here, as I'm going to show you, again, the subtlety of Satan. Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So again, the verse, very first part of that it says, Now the serpent was more subtle. Um, and that's the, the deception, uh, the lies that come from the left are very similar to how Satan does things. And speaking of similar, let's look at see when Satan actually had confronted Jesus Christ, uh, the Messiah, the Savior, if you will. Not if you will, that's the way it is. But uh, when he did that, it was in Matthew 4, 6. I'm going to actually go back to verse 5 of Matthew. And it says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Okay. Here is Satan quoting the Bible. And this is going to come into play a little bit later on as we talk about the Democrat Party and how they will use the Bible to their own ends, just like that Satan is trying to do here with, uh, with Jesus, the Son of God. Um, he is going to quote the Bible. Now, interestingly, if, if, I, if you actually get out the, your Bible 
And uh, you look at it. I'm going to go back and I'm going to show you where, where he quotes from. He actually quotes from Psalms. We're going to read that as well. And I ask you to look at those two verses and tell me what the differences are. I've done this before with uh, Sunday school classes I've taught. And people can't seem to see what the difference is. And so that shows you how subtle Satan is because there is a difference in the way that Satan quotes the Bible because he just simply leaves things out. He, there is the censorship of omission. Uh, that's one of the dangers of the, for example, the new versions. There's a lot of omission when it comes to these new versions. That's why you have to make sure that you're actually reading the Word of God and not something pretending to be one. Uh, so that's what Satan does here. Now, again, rem or to remind you, he says, he quotes the Bible, and this is what, what he said. He says, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, if you go to Psalm 91, that's where you're going to find the uh, scripture that Satan was quoting. 91 and verse 11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. There's the difference. Satan simply said, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, and then kept off the next, uh, the next uh, part of that sentence. He kept out, he omitted, uh, he failed to, to mention that it says, to keep thee in all thy ways. That's a very key part. That shows you how, how important it is to make sure that the word of God that you're reading is actually the word of God that's not been tampered with. Satan tampered with the word of God when he was talking to Jesus. Did Jesus know that? Yes, Jesus knew that. Uh, funny thing, Jesus did not accuse him. Jesus simply said, you know, thou shalt not, uh, shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, uh, which should be scary because the idea, what he's pretty much saying is don't tempt me to do something to you right now, Satan, <laughs> you know, because eventually Satan is going to be defeated. And so Jesus was saying, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me to do it right now. And that uh, should have sent chills down Satan's spine when he said that. But what happens is, Satan puts doubt in our minds, and then he misquotes the Bible. Now with Eve, go back to Eve in the garden, what he was telling her was, you know, how silly he was. It's like, hath God really said? Oh, come on, you, know, you don't really believe this, do you? It's kind of, that's how Satan kind of talks. That's how people talk to you. Oh, you don't really believe that, do you? Uh, and that's what he said to, to Eve. Uh, and he said, you know, go ahead and go ahead and eat of this. You know, it's like it's no big deal. Uh, and then he he is simply changing what the word of God says. He puts doubt in our minds, and then, like he does here with Jesus, he then misquotes the Bible. So there's how how subtle that Satan is. He doesn't right really come out and actually like smack somebody most of the time. He just does it very subtly, just by like I said, putting doubt in our minds. So let me show you how, how subtle the Democrats and the Democrat leaders. Now, if you are a Democrat uh, and uh, you are a Christian, then you need to pay, pay special attention to this. doesn't mean that every Democrat out there is uh, the spawn of Satan, if you will. It's most of what it sounds like with what I'm saying, but no. Uh, there's a lot of people that have been deceived. And if you're afraid to find out if you've been deceived, then you might be a person that's deceived. Uh, so you might want to actually listen to this very carefully. So how Demo how subtle are the Democrats are, are as deceivers? The Democrat Party has officially taken the op opposite position to God. Let me repeat that. 
And if you're unsure of that, get my book, Where's the Party? And that'll show it all in there and prove it. It'll show you through the party platforms. It'll show you, it'll show you through what, their, what their, their actions. It'll show you through their words and everything, how they oppose all ten of the commandments to the Word of God. So the party, therefore, has officially sided with Satan because the opposite of God is Satan. Uh, so let me show you how things, uh, how they're, they're using the same type of tactics that, uh, that Satan uses. First off, the Democrats misuse and misquote the Bible, just like Satan does. And I'm going to give you an example. This example is going to come from actually page 29 of my book. But uh, page 29 of my book, I talk about uh, uh, former President Obama. And uh, what he did was he incorrectly used the Bible in an attempt to justify welfare programs to help those deemed poor by the government. Uh, and instantly, just because the government declares somebody poor, uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily how other people define poor or even how the Bible defines poor. Uh, the, uh, so what he did was he would say that we are to be our brother's keeper, meaning in a Democrat's way of thinking that it's up to the government to provide for our needy brother. Now that's what, that's what the Democrats believe. I want to show you that's not what the Bible says. That's not how the Bible talks about this at all. But the idea of the story of, uh, of my brother's keeper, that's found in Genesis four and verse nine. And it's the story of Cain when he killed his brother Abel. So when God inquired of Cain the whereabouts of Abel, Cain answered, quote, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? Unquote. What I want you to notice here is Cain didn't ask God that uh, Cain didn't ask God that question, am I, am I my brother's keeper, expecting the answer to be yes. He knew the answer was no because he correctly knew that God never called us to be our brother's keeper. That phrase, brother's keeper, in today's parlance, is pretty much the same as saying, that's not my job. Cain was right. It wasn't his job. Biblically speaking, we are not our brother's keeper. So, I want you to notice how subtle that was. We are not our brother's keeper, biblically speaking. Uh, and yet, Obama used that, that phrase of the Bible, saying that we are to be our brother's keeper. And that's not what the Bible says. Kind of the way the same way that Satan did it. Satan misquotes the Bible, misuses the Bible, and that's the same thing that Obama did here. Uh, also, that doesn't mean, by the way, that we're supposed to be cold and callous to those in need. Actually, quite the contrary. It's part of our personal responsibility to help those in need. Now, notice I said personal responsibility. We are not to leave it up to the government. You know, that's up to us. The um, matter of fact, when we believe that it's the responsibility of the government to provide for the needy, then we're transferring that responsibility from the individual to the government. And that's a convenient way for the Democrats to say they care when, in, in reality, they don't care enough to do something themselves. Um, you know, it's like if you want to get something done, you don't go to a liberal church, you go to a conservative church if you want to help uh, help people, such as, like, say, for example, uh, foster parents. Uh, and the reason why is because you go to a liberal church, they say, well, the government should do that, the church should do that, but don't ask me as an individual to do that. If you go to a more of a conservative church, it's easier to find foster parents because they understand that, hey, I have a responsibility here, and if God calls me to help these, these families or these children and such, then I'll do what I can to, to help. 
uh, and we make an individual choice. That's the difference between the Democrats and, re and Republicans. The Democrats like to say that Republicans don't care because we are against a uh, uh, lot of welfare-type programs. Uh, but the idea is that we care more because we do it ourselves. We're actually the ones that give more money. We're actually the ones that help people. Uh, and it's not the people on the left. They leave that up to the government. So when they say, God says that we are personally responsible to love our neighbor as ourselves. He doesn't say that the government is to love your neighbor. You are the one with that responsibility. So I'm not my brother's keeper. I am my brother's helper in time of need. And that's what I'll do in time of need. Uh, and there's a, there's a big difference there. But that's, again, that's one way that the, that the Democrat leadership, whether it be Obama, Pelosi, Schumer, whether it be Mr. Biden, that's uh, some things that, uh, that's what, how they will handle things. They will misquote quote the Bible. As you, I can't remember exactly what Pelosi said, but Pelosi thought that, you know, they're, that they're doing God's work. Uh, I was I would venture to say that uh, it's not with a capital G; it's probably a small G. Uh, so anyway, the uh, also I want to show you something, and it's something else. How the, the the Democrats try to make it out to say that Jesus would have been a communist, or that the early church was communist. And if you matter of fact, if you go to page seventy-seven in my book, which is uh, "Where's the Party," you're going to see where that is addressed. Uh, in seven, page 77, it's going to talk about, go about halfway down the page. And it says, some people in churches go as far as to say Jesus Christ, Christ taught socialism. And if, that he were, if he were walking the earth today, that he'd be a Democrat. Well, so far, we've seen Democrats have rejected, nine, uh, rejected all ten of the commandments. So let's take a look at the words Jesus uh, Christ, uh, his words, and see if he would agree or disagree with them on the stance of the 10th commandment. So in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 15, it says, And one of the co uh, companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Unquote. That uh, was uh, verses 13 through 15 of Luke chapter 12. So when Jesus was asked to redistribute the wealth, he warned the young man of the Tenth Commandment, Do not be jealous or envious of what others have, because life is not about how much you can acquire. The idea of wealth redistribution is a violation of God's words. Jesus just said it right there. And Jesus Christ would have nothing to do with it. Yet that's what the Democrats like to say. And they like to say that that's the reason why that they are so much holder than now, I guess. So they're so much, so much more righteous uh, because they are doing God's work through the government. Well, that's not God's work. That's not what Jesus Christ uh, said there. And that's very important. So there you see two differences, two deceptions of how the, the Democrats will use the Bible. They will misquote the Bible. They will misuse the Bible to make it sound like that they are on the side of God when they're actually they are on the exact opposite side. Now, okay, so there we, we have two lines, uh, the ways that the, the Satan deceives people and the way the Democrats deceive people. But let me bring us to something that we're all going through right now. Let's talk about the uh, subtle deception of masks. We have COVID-19. And the uh, 
COVID-19 is real. It's a something that people can get. It's something people get sick from. And it's, some people, uh, it's, it's something that some people actually can die from. Is it as bad as what the Democrats and the media says? No. Have they been misleading us? Yes. Is the information out there? Yes. Then why are they trying to hide it? Why is it that they are trying to censor everything that's, that they do not agree with? They try to say it's not true. They downplay it. They, uh, they ban people off of social media that might talk about it. The truth is out there. They are the ones trying to suppress it. Now, if it was, if, if they had truth on their side, there'd be nothing to, nothing to suppress. And that's a key right now. I want you to think about that for a second. If they actually had the truth on their side, then there would be nothing that they'd have to try to silence people about. Because let the other people get out there and say all their falsehoods. And that's what's going on right now. The Democrat Party is saying these falsehoods about COVID-19. Just like they said falsehoods about the election, the election fraud that went on. There's a lot of evidence, but they simply say, well, there's nothing there. And so instead of say, being open about it, if you want to like unify this country, be open about that election. Go in there and have these forensic audits done. Not where you have the people that, that uh, cheated do the forensic audit, but have a bipartisan where you have Republicans and Democrats. And when I say that, I'm talking about people that actually believe that there was deception. Don't go out there and choose, your because there's Republicans out there that do not want to face the truth either. So don't go out there and choose everybody that says there's nothing to see here and let them tell us what there is to see. You know, that there's people out there say there's deception, we can prove it. Bring those people in and let them prove it then. If they can't prove it, then okay, maybe that Biden did win the presidency fa fairly. The same thing holds true for COVID. So let's look at these masks for a second here. I want to share the subtle deception of that. First off, again, am I my brother's keeper? What happens is that's what the Democrats are doing. That's what they're trying to say to make you feel guilty in that you need to wear a mask because what they say is that we wear masks to protect others. Isn't that what they say? People say, well, personally, I don't think we need to wear a mask, but I only wear a mask because I want to help, uh, help others. That's a good way of virtue signaling saying, well, I, know, I don't think it's something that we need to do. I, don't think it's, uh, I think it's against our rights, but because I'm such a good, caring person, I'm going to wear a mask. Um, and that sounds, that sounds good. That sounds cool if you're trying to be cool. But, you know, we're, we're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be out there trying to be cool and get along with the world and get along with what, the, what Satan says is the right thing to do. Uh, if I will wear a mask, if somebody is, uh, uh, wants me to wear a mask, you know, I'll do that. I've asked uh, somebody just yesterday. Um, he was wearing the mask. We were outside. I didn't understand why because we were outside. We were more than six feet apart. But I asked him, I said, do you want me to wear a mask? And he said, no. Nah. He said, as long as I have mine on. And that's the way it should be. It should be a personal choice. But we'll get to that in a second also. But also, people say that they wear a mask to protect society. You know, I'm trying to do, they say, I'm trying to do the right thing here. And so, therefore, I want to protect other people. And that's, that's what we're told that we need to do. But the patriotic Christian response to mask should be a little bit different. And when I'm, and you're going to say, well, why don't you care about people? Why don't you want to wear a mask? Because mask is just there to help people and to protect people. But 
is that the case? I want to show you how subtle they Satan is. In Ephesians 4.14, it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The people that support Satan, the people that oppose all ten of the commandments, in other words, the Democratic Party, they will deceive you. Do not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and by cunning craftiness. That's what they're, what they're doing. And I'm going to show you why they're doing it also. But let's look at now at, excuse me, make it 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse uh, 7. 2 Timothy 1 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, if you're a Christian and you are terrified of the COVID-19 virus, is that from God? If you're a non-Christian, you're terrified of it. I can understand that because you, what, where's your hope? But if your hope is in God, if your faith is in God, God says in 2 Timothy 1.7, He hath not given us the spirit of fear. And isn't that what the left, isn't that what the Democrats is trying to, to, to tell us, that we need to be terrified? Because if we fear, then they're going to come in and save the day. You know, trust us. We'll take care of you. And that's kind of what they're saying. And people that are, that are allowing fear to grip them, instead of trusting God, they're going to trust the government doing something about this horrendous problem. Well, first off, the problem is not as horrendous as what they say. They're instilling fear in you. We're not supposed to have that. We're supposed to have, uh, the, we're supposed to have a spirit of power and a spirit of love and of a sound mind. We're supposed to love each other. But we're not supposed to be deceived. We're supposed to be have a sound mind where we're not going to be uh, so caught up emotionally because of the fear that we are that we are become slaves to the people that tell us what we need to do. They create the problem. They create the crisis. They create the fear, and then we fall for it, and then we do whatever they say. That's part of the deception here. As a matter of fact, what's the real purpose of wearing the mask? That's a good question. What is the real purpose of wearing a mask? If masks, and there's a lot of studies out there that say do, that masks do not help the situation. There's a lot of studies. Now, the left, the Democrats, have suppressed those studies. They won't allow those things to be talk, uh, talk, uh, spoken, of, uh, spoken of. They call that fake news. There's a lot of these studies, and if you don't believe it, then you are being deceived. Go out there and make a choice yourself. Look at what they're trying to hide and find what they're trying to say, if you care about the truth. Now, if you don't care about the truth, then you're going to do whatever you're told to do. I understand that. But the idea here is that it's conditioning it's conditioning us. Wearing the, the, the mask is conditioning us to believe that it's our responsibility to, to take care of others' health, to health. That, again, what they're doing, they're conditioning us to believe that wearing a mask is our responsibility so that we can take care of somebody else's health. The government will take care of our health and, by the way, our income. That's two things that we've got, the two ideas that we have. The Democrats are saying the government's going to take care of our health and the government's going to take care of our income. And what do I mean by that? First off, who are we responsible for? Whose health are you responsible for? You're responsible for your health. Only you are responsible for your health. 
Nobody else says. We're only responsible for ourselves. We can't control other people. Now the Democrats try to do that, and that's one. This is how they try to do it by instilling fear in us, and then trying to get, tell us what we need to do to to do uh, to help our brother. And so that don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. We'll give you a stimulus check. We'll give you uh, unemployment. And uh, did I have I gotten a stimulus check? Yes. Did I cash it? You better believe I did. I, I paid a lot of money into it, and they took my job away from me when they did this. The company I was working for went bankrupt because of this COVID-19. Uh, and so the idea, though, is that they are giving these stimulus checks to people that weren't even affected by uh, COVID-19. They're giving uh, people are some people are doing very well by this, doing better than what they were, what actually they were either working or not working because of these stimulus checks. Uh, again, think of it this way also. Those stimulus checks come from tax money. It's also a subtle way of saying redistribution of wealth. Now, right now, they're giving that money to everybody. What happens when they say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's take from the people that have and give to those that do not have. It's kind of like what uh, what the young man said to Jesus. And Jesus said, you know, don't be covetous. You know, don't be... Uh, you know, he did. He would not distribute the wealth or redistribute the wealth, and yet, you know, the government says that's what we are going to do. But that's how we're being conditioned. We're being conditioned to accept those uh, those ideas. Again, I'm not responsible for somebody else's health. I cannot be responsible for their health. You know, they're responsible for that. I'm responsible for my own health. Therefore, if I don't want to, uh, if I want to wear a mask, I should be be able to wear a mask. But I should not be getting on somebody else's case because they aren't wearing a mask. You know, the mask is really not to protect others. And that's what these studies have uh, have shown. They're really not that, that way. So it's a subtle way to condition us to believe in universal health care. You know, if we have to wear these masks to protect our brothers, then why don't we just do everything else we need to, to take care of our brothers by giving our money to help pay their hospital bills and such. Um, and I know hospital bills can be a can be a big thing, but I also know that it's individual responsibility. And again, that's what the Democrats do. They say it's not so much your individual responsibility. You're the way you are, not because of who you are, not because of choices you made, but because of the environment you grew up in. They're always deflecting it. They're always saying it's there's another reason. And so that's one way that they're subtle about uh, about deceiving people. And here they're using these masks to say that. Uh, um, you know, to get us into the idea that we need to take care of everybody else's health. Also, what that does, it disempowers the individual and individual rights in favor of the government telling us uh, to conform to what they say is best for society. So as an individual, you know, do we have a right to earn a living? We're supposed to have. So far, when these, these cases have gone to court about COVID-19, the, uh, the government is not the one that wins. The individual wins because our Constitution gives us individual rights. And one of the rights the government does not have is, is depriving us of the ability to make a living for ourselves. Now, if they, when they do that, they're saying, don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. That's what the Democrats say. And that's what socialism is. Um, again, it disempowers the individual, though, and also our rights. Now we are losing our rights, and we're, we're losing our rights to the idea that if a crisis comes along that's big enough, that puts enough fear into us, that we're re willing to give up our rights as citizens to earn our own living, to decide for our own, our own health. You know, the government's going to do it for us and take care of us. So they're conditioned us to think in a wrong manner. Their condition is to think in a manner that goes along with socialism, does not go along with the Constitution of the United States. 
uh, Constitution and the uh, and socialism are diametrically opposed to each other. They cannot coexist. That's why the Democrats are working as hard as they can to destroy this Constitution, whether it be the Second Amendment or now the First Amendment. They're now attacking freedom of speech. They've been attacking freedom of religion for a while. And, and I can, you, matter of fact, get my book, you'll see just how, how they do it uh, and, what they, uh, and what they say about religion. It's not what you think it, it is if you think that they are also good Christian people because the leaders of the Democrat Party are not good Christian people at all. But think of this way, this also. They took our jobs and then they gave everyone these stimulus checks. And again, like I said, that's a form of redistributing the wealth. They also, speaking of redistributing the wealth, and talking about personal responsibility, what about the uh, student loan debt? Now the Democrats want to say, let's forgive this student loan debt. And that, but when they say forgive it, it doesn't mean that it just goes away. Somebody still has to pay for it. And guess who has to pay for it? Those of us who didn't incur the debt. Did I go to college? Yes, I did. Did I graduate from college? Yes, I did. Did I go, come out of college with a big student loan debt? No, I did not. Why did I not do that? Because I did get a Pell Grant, that's one reason, and also I, I worked. Uh, and my parents helped out uh, one year when I didn't get the Pell Grant. But yes, I worked. That's what I did. And matter of fact, I was hungry a lot of times. Um, there was there was an occasion where I actually uh, had a uh, roommate that threw away a uh, took one bite out of a sandwich and threw it away. I was hungry enough to fish that sandwich out of the garbage and eat that sandwich and tell him never do that again, never throw food away in front of me like that again. Uh, was that a bad, does that make me a bad person for being that hungry? No. By the way, did I go out and steal food? No, I didn't. You know, he'd already threw it away. You know, so I didn't steal the food from him. I didn't steal food, but I was hungry and I was hungry enough to do that. Nowadays, people want to have, don't want to, they want to get these big debts I don't want to say they want to get big debts, but now they're willing to take on these big debts so that they don't have to make personal sacrifices. Well, I made personal sacrifices. My wife made personal sacrifices. Many of you that have your college degrees made personal sacrifices so you didn't have this debt over top of you. Another thing is if you're going to have a, a debt like that, make sure that the whatever you're getting your degree in is actually something you can make money off of. But anyway, that's another way they're trying to re to redistribute the wealth is by making us pay for a debt that we did not incur. I'm talking about as the individuals by using taxpayer money. Look, I'll tell you something else that they do. They use taxpayer money, and now Mr. Biden has actually done it. So now that we're sending money overseas, so that abortions, killing babies, can be performed through our taxpayer through our tax money. You, as a Christian right now, that might be pro-life. The government is taking your money, your money that you're paying through taxes, and they are giving it to people to help kill babies. Now, that should make you mad. That should make you angry. And if it doesn't make you mad or angry, then I don't know what to tell you. So anyway, let's go back at this and look and say, am I my brother's keeper? Um, that is a socialist doctrine meant to deceive the idea that I'm my brother's keeper. The Bible answer to that is, no, I'm my brother's helper in time of need. That's what I am. I'm not my brother's keeper. It's an individual choice, not a government choice. If I see a brother in need, it's my individual choice to help that brother. 
Uh, because by the way, I know a lot about why that brother might be in need. He might be in need because he's made some very bad choices. Maybe it's time for some tough love for one thing, but it's up to the individual to help, not the government. Because when the government does that, they're not doing it because of, out of a sense of compassion. The socialism does it out of a sense of control. They want to control people. And what better, by the way, speaking of which, controlling people, who's your boss? Your boss is the person who signs your paycheck. Well, if the government signs your paycheck, who's your boss? It's pretty much that simple. And that's the reason why they do what they do. So let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 11 now. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and uh, verse 16 says, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. What gods, what god are the Democrats worshiping? Now, they're not worshiping the God of the Bible. They're going to oppose all ten of the commandments. So they're not worshiping God, the Christian God, the God that, that, uh, that, that this country was founded on. They're not worshiping that God. The Constitution is a very conservative document that was written by people that believed in the Judeo-Christian ethic. There wasn't anything else at that time to really believe in. There wasn't socialism that did not exist. So, be not deceived. Turn aside uh, and and you and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. What so? What gods are the Democrats worshiping? The highest authority to uh, to the left, since they they don't believe in God, or if they say they believe in God, they deny the power of God. Go back to last week's uh, podcast. They deny the power of God, which is blasphemy. So what god are they serving? The highest authority in their life is government. The government is the God of the left. Government is the God of the Democrats. That's the God they are serving, pretty much the God that they worship. Be not deceived. The Democrats are deceiving a lot of people out there, and the media is deceiving a lot of people out there. Do not be deceived. And speaking of not being deceived, turn to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 4 if you want to follow along. Matthew 24, 4 says, And Jesus answered his son to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Jesus warns us, take heed that no man deceive you. We are being deceived. God warns us not to be deceived. Now turn to Romans chapter 16 and verse 18. I'm going to finish up with this. Romans 16, 18 says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Did you hear what that said? It says, for they that are, that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. So the people that are not serving the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the entire Democratic Party leadership, uh, which is the media, they hate Jesus Christ. They hate Christianity. They come out and pretty much say that. They think that we need to be re-educated. They think that they need to take our children away from us to re-educate them, so that that they will not that our children will not be indoctrinated with Christianity, which they see as abhorrent. But it says, but they what they're doing is they are serving their own belly, in other words, their own appetites, and by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. Isn't that what the Democrats do? By good words and fair speeches. It sounds good on the surface. That's the way it sounds on the surface. Well, why wouldn't I want to help somebody else? Why wouldn't I want to let the government help him? Why wouldn't I be one to take care of my brother? Why wouldn't I want to wear a mask? By good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Do not be simple. You've been warned. Do not be simple. If you doubt, 
Look it up yourself. Find out yourself if you doubt what I'm telling you. But if there's Christians out there that are scared to death, that are fearful, that are being deceived, pray, wake up, have the spirit of power, the spirit of love, not the spirit of fear. Now, probably thought I ended right there. I thought about it. But I want to thank you for listening. Uh, go to my website, revolutionaryinsights.com. If you wanted to reach me, you can email me at billhawkinsrevolutionaryinsights.com. Check out my book, Where's the Party? Um, you can see a lot of this information I'm giving you right in there. You can buy it right there off my site. Uh, if you want to, I'll autograph it for you, whatever you want me to do. But uh, anyway, I want you to have a very good day, and I want you to think about this for a little bit. Think about what we can do to do the right thing for our country, but most of all, for God.